Learn the most advanced recruiting techniques. Land the most desirable talent. Launch your company towards massive success. This is the Higher Power Radio Show with Rick Gerard. Structure your interview for success. Plan, prepare, and execute a process that gets to the truth of who the person is across the table from you. I'm Rick Gerard, and welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show. Our mission is to discuss and deconstruct insights from top-performing entrepreneurs and industry experts. Every week, we uncover tested tactical solutions to solve your company's toughest hiring challenges. Today, our guest is Scott Keithin. Scott is the CEO of Amtech a professional recruiting organization specializing in placing professionals in contract and full-time roles with companies ranging from small entrepreneurial startups to Fortune 100. Scott is also an avid teacher and writer in various areas of talent acquisition and selection, organizational planning, and business management. His life purpose is helping people find meaning in their work. In spare time, he enjoys photography, scuba diving, and swimming and other various activities that keep him young-minded. Scott, welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show today. Great to be here. Absolutely. Great to have you. So you and I being kindred spirits, since we we both kind of have similar views on how we approach search, I was really excited to have you on the show today. Great to be here. Absolutely. So we're going to cover interviewing. So I want to cover, we, we both have kind of two unique ideas on how we structure interviews, and I wanted to cover what a proper interview structure should look like and then preparing and planning for the interview and then how to execute an outstanding interview process. So we Fabulous. Lots yeah. to cover. So let's start with the foundation. So how should an interview be structured? You know, I might first start by saying that uh, too often when we debrief uh, uh, with a with a client after, after they've gone through an interview, we learn, and a candidate, we learn that... Um, that there was no preparation on the part of the hiring manager. Yep. And so the um, uh, we we learned that uh, there was there there were no questions prepared ahead of time, and the hiring manager does all the talking, and when that happens, uh, not much is learned. Yeah. And uh, and so um, then a hiring decision is made with poor information, and and that's never a good basis for a hiring decision. Yeah, so, absolutely. And I think this goes all the way back to just even starting the process in the job description, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. if you've got a poor job description, you don't take the time to set up the foundation, you're going to you're going to fail. And in fact, that, that great point. Uh that uh that position profile, that job description, uh in in my view, that job description should identify the core competencies that are required for success. Mm-hmm. And if it does, uh then we can build interview questions that probe those core competencies. Absolutely. And, and so I would say part of that uh, that preparation would be to build behavioral interview questions that are focused on those core competencies. That would be part of what I would do for the interview preparation yeah. and, and the interview structure. Well, yeah, and having some sort of structure rather than just a random, hey, I'm going to talk to you, and then we may have John who might be able to join us and you know, it, it's very haphazardly put together as opposed to, okay, here's your schedule. Here's going to, it's going to look, look like. Absolutely. So, it's so unimpressive. Yeah. And, and so, um, w- when I am involved in interviewing and I, I still am tangled up with, uh, with high level search projects where I'm personally involved, uh, on behalf of the client. So when that happens, I actually have an interview plan where I've got a schedule, almost like a script. Yeah. In fact, it is a script. I have a beginning, an intro where I 
set the stage. I walk the candidate through what to expect, and and then we go step by step through that whole interview process. Sure. And then we begin. And same thing. Then when I go on site and facilitate the interview with the candidate and the client, we have a whole interview plan. And so there's no surprises. So you're organized. Yes. And now, uh, do you time out the process? I mean, that's one of the things that I, I'm a big proponent of. Okay, you've got 30 minutes and here's what you're going to cover. You're going to talk to these people. It's scheduled. You're taking the person from here to here to here to here. And, and then you're wrapping up properly at the end, right? Right. So I, I like no, no surprises. Yeah. The, the candidates like no surprises. Yeah. The, the clients, uh, you know, the hiring manager, they usually like no surprises. Right? Absolutely. Uh, and I think it lowers um, stress. The anxiety. Yeah. Especially on the candidate side. Right. Yeah. And I, I really think that um, whatever we can do to lower anxiety brings out the normal behavior in a candidate. Yeah. And that helps in uh, decision making all the way around. All right. So let's talk about prepositions. Prepositions. <laughs> yeah. I meant preparation. Hopefully I don't say preparation age. But so let's talk about preparation because that's really an important piece, right? Prepping the candidate for what's exactly going to happen in, in the manager. So let's uh, pre-planning questions, right? So let's talk about your process that you walk them through for preparation. Walk a candidate through? Yeah, let's start with candidate and let's do the company because I think it's so, important both sides. So here's what I do when I s sit with a candidate. So first of all, when I interview a candidate to even determine whether they're a suitable candidate for the client. Sure. I begin first. I tell the candidate when they when I first sit down with them, I, I thank them for coming in and I do everything that I can to to unload their anxiety. Sure. I start by saying, look, thanks for coming in. I want you to look at this more like a conversation and less like an interview. And I actually take my hands like I'm holding a basketball and I say, so let's take the idea of an interview and let's set that aside. We're just going to have a conversation today. And most of the time, I see a sigh of relief come across their face. Now, I don't know the difference between a conversation and an interview, but mostly I see candidates just relax. And I think that's what we want to do. Absolutely. You want to, you want to get rid of that anxiety. Yeah. So then, then the next thing I tell them is I say, listen, listen, the worst thing that could happen is we go through this long process and the worst thing that can happen is you get the job offer. You like the job offer. You take the job offer and six months down the road, you open your eyes on a Monday morning at five 30 in the morning. And you think the first thought in your mind is, Oh no, what have I done? And I said, we don't want that to happen. Yeah. So that's way beyond that. buyer's remorse. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you don't want that on your resume. Yeah. So uh, if this job doesn't work for you, it doesn't work for anybody. You know, I know you want to put your best foot forward, but, you know, we have to be real here about what's best for you and your career. Let's take an honest look about what is good for you and your career. Okay. Yeah. Now let's shift it over to the company side. Yeah. So how are we prep the companies? Because <clears throat> I, think, I think this is where we need a lot more help, especially companies. Yeah. I think they win it. Yeah. So first of all, as you said earlier, we really hone in on what they're looking for. In fact, we're going through this internally. We're hiring in our shop. Sure. And before we see candidate one, we define what we're looking for. Sure. Right? So what are the qualities? What are the attributes? What is the performance in their past positions that we expect to find in the candidate that we're looking for? So what have they accomplished? Uh, what do we expect them to bring with them? Uh, to our our position. 
right? Sure. So the impact that they've made. Yeah. 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 And, and how that's going to transfer ever. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so we put that in writing and then we'll develop, as I said, interview questions around that. So mm -hmm. behavioral interview questions. Now we have happen to have a tool that is uh, online that is free to everybody. In fact, uh, we have lots of big companies use this tool. It's just easily searchable. Um, it's a behavioral um, interview guide that can be created. So Wait, don't give that up yet because we're oh, talking okay. about it on the okay. back end. Let's okay. Show. Let's talk about that. Let's focus on the preparation. Okay. Yeah, so so, so, um, so it's, it's a way to create an interview guide, but yeah. I'll, I'll just say that. Okay. So, um, so you can create uh, behavioral interview questions and it's uh, creating an interview, interview guide. Plan. Right. Or an interview plan. plan yeah, right. Okay, so, so there are some interview guide questions. So then you've got uh, in that structure, right? So you've got an intro, mm -hmm. you've got a plan for what is going to happen in that interview. You may have in that structure, uh, so a beginning, middle, end, maybe there's a, a facility tour, there are other players involved. Sure. So uh, you script that out, right? Got it. Um, if you're using behavioral interview questions, I always like to tell the candidate in advance, listen, I'm, I've got scripted interview questions. So we're going to read from a page and uh, don't let that bother you. We're just uh, asking the same questions of all candidates. Some people are uncomfortable with that. Yeah. You get some used to some interviews that. Are, are uncomfortable <laughs> with that, too. I mean, they don't, I don't want to read questions. Right. Yeah. But, you know, either get used to saying it or memorize the questions because you've used yeah. them so frequently. Yeah. Right? Otherwise, it's going to be, so where do you want to be in five years? Let right. me tell you more about me. Right. And, <laughs> or, or another um, question that people love to ask or way in which people love to ask questions is, well, what would you do if? It's the hypothetical question. Yeah. And I like to say you ask hypothetical questions and you get hypothetical answers. They're not really meaningful. Yeah. You tie that to real work and, you know, then it's m maybe meaningful. But Yeah. Tell me about a difficult situation you had, is, how yeah. you handled it. You right. Know, yeah. Then what'd you do? Yes. You know, I, and I, I find that a lot of, I find a lot of people have that hard time digging deeper right. and making the connection. Yeah, okay. Tell me well, more about then, that. Yeah. And then, okay. Did you think about maybe this way? Right. Why didn't you approach it? Like, did you think of any other approaches? Yeah. You know? How did that turn out? Yeah. Tell me more about that. Right. Exactly. And that's the, those behavioral interview questions have a tendency to lead to more and more uh, uh, information, it, things that we never thought of asking. Yeah. Right. And so more comes out and you learn more. In fact, I usually go in with 10 solid behavioral interview questions. You just gain so much information that you never even imagine asking in that. You willing to share a few of those <clears throat> in the second half of the show? Sure. All right, cool. You brought them with you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we're talking to Scott Keithin, the CEO of Amtech. We need to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about how to execute an interview. We'll be right back. You're listening to Higher Power with Rick Gerard giving you access to recruiting techniques that will help you hire key talent to build your company towards real success. Rick is a recruiting executive and entrepreneur who's been successfully recruiting in the aggressive Silicon Valley technology landscape for the past two decades. After a very successful stint at Apogee, he founded Stride Search in 2012. Based on a lean efficiency model, Stride has uniquely positioned itself as a leader in retained search for the most critical talent hires within a small organization. Whether you're a startup executive or recruiting professional, by listening to Higher Power with Rick Gerard, you will walk away with skills to help you attract and hire great talent. Now back to Higher Power with Rick Gerard. 
All right, welcome back to the Higher Power Radio Show. I'm your host, Rick Gerard, and our guest today is Scott Keithin, CEO of Amtech. So we just discussed preparation and planning, and now we're going to explore how to conduct a really strong interview. So Scott's been nice enough to, since I coerced him to, to uh, go through some of his uh, behavioral questions, we're going to actually walk you through what a good interview process should look like, right? Yeah. So let's start with point A. I mean, you start, you get the person in. I think each interviewer should alleviate that anxiety. We should coach our hiring managers and whoever's on the interview panel to do that. Yeah. So one of the things that I like to do is, uh, sorry, one of the things I like to do is I will, um, I will tell the, the candidate, listen, uh, we've got a lot of questions for you today. And um, especially if it's a candidate that's within my industry, sure, I will tell them, Look, um, we don't want you to give up any proprietary information. So if we're going to ask, a, if we ask a question today that you feel is uh, asking you to give up any proprietary information, we don't want you to answer. Sure. So I, I like to do that up front just so that Absolutely. a candidate doesn't uh, feel like we're putting them in an awkward position. That's just a courtesy. Well, right? you, you also had a very good opener you brought up earlier, and which is something I do. What I'll say is, hey, I, I've interviewed in the past and I hate the, the formal interview process and the fact that it's let's just throw that format out the window and, and right. let's just have a conversation. Right. Yeah. 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 That's a great stress reliever. Yeah. You'll find that the, the chest will rise and then fall and then they'll sit back in their seat and go, okay, that's a great idea. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. I hate formal interviews too. Yeah. People are really grateful for that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I also, in the prep before the candidate arrives, when I'm prepping the candidate, I tell them ahead of time, I say, you're going to go into this interview and we're going to have some questions that are pre-scripted. Yep. I'm going to give you an example of a question, just so you know that there's nothing tricky about these questions. Sure. And then I give them a, a typical example. And I tell them, here's, here's an example. Tell us about a time when you and a boss had a conflict. And, you know, I just pick that. It's an easy one to, for me to remember. Then I go on to tell them a great answer. You think about it. And you tell us of a time you and a boss had a conflict. And your answer includes, well, I was working at ABC Company, and the issue was, and you, you tell us the issue, and uh, then you go on to tell us about um, how the thing played out. There will be some more conversation about it. You know, here's, here's what a poor answer would be. If I had a conflict with my boss, here's how I think I might handle that. That would be a poor answer. That's how I prepare them. So then so they the, know. you cut out the hypotheticals. Right. Yeah, you now want do a my real best. life situation. Now, in spite of that, yeah. I've had candidates come in, in spite of that preparation, and do exactly the thing that I've asked them not to do. And it's on them then. Exactly. Yeah. Right? You know, I can give you an example of behavioral interview questions, but behavioral interview questions always are open-ended, so we don't ask candidates. We don't ask candidates questions that have a right or wrong answer, an apparent right or wrong answer. Yeah. We always ask them to tell us a story about their history, something in their work past that enlightens us about how they might have already behaved. And that gives us some insight into how they're likely to behave in our work environment. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So it just informs us. It doesn't judge whether they're good, bad, right, wrong. It just informs us. And right? if you keep it conversational, then it flows. And, and I also tell candidates, uh, especially when I'm there to facilitate, I tell candidates that they have every right. In fact, we expect them to ask questions as well along the way. So I tell them if we ask a question about uh, their uh, conflict with a boss, they might then turn around and ask a question. Well, gee, you're asking questions about boss conflicts. Do you have boss conflicts here? I say, well, that's fair. And I, I tell them, 
I promise if I'm there to facilitate this, I will not allow them to squirm around that question. I'll make sure that they answer it. Yeah, so, absolutely. You know, I think that's only fair. Yeah, because everybody's got to know what they're getting themselves into. Right. You know, it is a two-week streak. <clears throat> You're interviewing a candidate to get to the truth of who that person is, and you should give that candidate an accurate picture of exactly what the company is. Right. Uh, it brings me to another point. Part of the structure of the interview is I always like the hiring entity to have a scorecard for the candidate. Okay. So um, so we talk in, in, in advance about the qualities uh, or attributes that they're looking for. Now, how are those defined? So that may be competencies. Okay. Um, if it's a leadership position, that, that might include things like command presence. It might be leadership skills, business acumen. I'd say 10 to 12 qualities or attributes okay. could be competencies, could be energy or drive or focus. And those things are things well, that are that are important to the company, that yes. are maybe part of the values and that sort of thing? Yes. Okay. And as, as soon as that interview is completed and we can gather together the same, the same day, like right after that interview is done, we walk the candidate out, thank them, and then gather right back together. I like that uh, that scorecard to be completed. And uh, if there is more than one person involved in the interview, I like those multiple people to complete the scorecard independently. I usually like a score of one to five, five being great, one being terrible. And I just like that as a first uh, initial response to see how everybody's thinking about the candidate. Now, how many people are best in the interview process? I don't think people do this well. I think they all need coaching, and I think that that's only because they don't normally do it, right? People don't hire all the time. Yeah. So your customers, my customers, they uh, this isn't something they do all the time, and sure. so they can use your help. And, no, but are and, we talking about two to three interviewers? You you have usually the hiring managers included, right? And then maybe two or Two or a couple other panelists. People? Yeah. It depends on the position. Okay. Right. If it's an individual contributor, usually it's one hiring manager. If it's a leadership position, there may be more people involved. Yeah, absolutely. On the... Just your your basic everyday like senior person that you're trying to hire on board. Mm -hmm. You need at least, in my opinion, at least three to five people who are talking to that person and gathering the various information, the behavioral questions, right? Yep. I had an interesting, I, I've talked about this on the show a couple times before, but I interviewed at Amazon a few years ago. They actually asked the questions based on their leadership principles. Ah. So their leadership principles, they'll run you through behavioral questions, but they gauge you based on whether or not you fit those principles, which is yeah, really interesting. I think yeah. it, it gets to the their value system. Yep. Yeah, I think that's great. Yeah, and if you both hold the same values, it makes for a good hire. And by the way, so I think that those questions should be common to all positions yeah right so you might and in fact this is what we would like to see a set of behavioral questions that are unique to that position mm -hmm. and then common questions that are common to the organization regardless of the position got it right that sounds like that's what Amazon yeah was doing. yeah I, you know what i like to do too is i like to build in a knockout question usually oh. within the first or the second person right uh -huh. so something that's really like, key to the organization. Yeah. So a knockout question would be something that if the person answers completely off base, you kind of slowly wrap up the question and you dismiss the person. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Because it saves, really it saves safe. the time of the other interviewers that are in the, 
on the it's process. A great idea. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a that's a great solution. Uh, and it's really compassionate, right? Yeah. You're not taking everybody's time. No, you know, you wrap it up and you say, hey, look at that, you know, based on our conversation, I don't think you're going to be a fit. And you just kind of, you let them out uh, nicely, you know, yeah. you just kind of, and, and sometimes you can let them lead to that conclusion as well. Yeah. The interviewee. Yeah. So. And at the end of the day, if it's not going to be a good place for them, yeah, they wouldn't want to work there. Yeah. Right. Exactly. I'm not going to be a good fit. Yeah, and when we talked about alleviating the, the pressure in the beginning, you also have to be congruent with whatever your environment is. If you have a really high-stress, fast-paced environment and you're trying to alleviate the pressure, it may not be the best thing for the interview. I mean, maybe you need to add pressure on just to see how they handle it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. The behavioral questions. Give me an example of a really strong behavioral question that I think you know that you like to have your clients ask. Well, this one, it centers around business acumen. Okay. Describe a decision you had to make to protect the profitability of the company. Okay. So I'll stop there and let them answer that. Then, depending on how they answer it, I might probe deeper. What were the implications of the decision? Then, depending on how they handle that, how did you develop your strategy? Again, this depends on how they answer. Sure. Um, how did you feel about the strategy that you developed? That's kind of an outcome question. Sure. What were the shortcomings and the successes? And so, again, this is sort of how, they, how their answer progresses. Yeah. Now, in their answer, they could give us all kinds of information that answer other behavioral questions that are on my list. Oh, absolutely. Right? Yeah. So they could talk about problem solving. They could talk about change management. They could talk about other things that are really important to me in my, you know, on my agenda. Yeah. But it's always important to pick up on those things and explore those too as you're going. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Don't go on to the next question, guys, just because it's the next question on your list. Explore it. Absolutely. Yeah. As they begin to dive into one, we always ask, well, you know, tell us a little bit more about that. Yep. And uh, as you, you know this, I mean, you do this all the time. Right. Um, it's like peeling back an onion. Oh, yeah. You know, we just love uh, to learn stories. And if you're there just to learn stories and to gain more information, you know, that's really where the gold is. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. So figuring out whether or not somebody is really good or, or a solid performer is exciting because they may not have the skills that you're looking for. But, you know, <laughs> you've got somebody who, who excels and does well and is going to perform well. And, and I think a lot of hiring managers miss that. Yeah. Because they focus so much on the skills. Right. And and by the way, what we know is from all the data is that the people that fail in their positions, the failure rate because of a lack of competency is really small. Yeah. And uh, so um, it's got more to do with uh, the failure rate in areas of culture fit or, or emotional intelligence or coachability. Those are much greater. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So this uh, probing in other areas is much more important, I think. Yeah, probing and then kind of testing those answers, too, I think would be another step to take yeah. it further, right? Yes. Yeah. All right. So we get to the point where we've run somebody through the interview process. How do we wrap up? Yeah, I always, I'm always interested important. in their questions. Yeah. I don't know if that's where you're going. But uh, I always want to find, it's always important to me what they're interested in, what yeah. their questions are. Yeah. And so um, I actually 
I don't want to say midway through, but I take a pause three quarters of the way through, two, two thirds of the way through, and I um, I ask the candidate or I, I tell the candidate, look, we've been asking lots of questions. Why don't we pause here and give you an opportunity to ask us questions? What I really want in the interview process is I want an open dialogue. And I want to facilitate that open dialogue. So if I'm facilitating the interview for the client, then create this and they start asking questions. And if what erupts in that moment is this uh, back and forth open dialogue where the client uh, or the, the hiring managers, the, the interviewers and the interviewee get into this just robust dialogue, there's real engagement there. Yeah. Then doesn't matter how it turns out if that's the the end candidate or not i know that what i've uh, landed on is good because i'm learning in that process by the way um and and oftentimes that hiring managers are learning as well from this candidate oh, absolutely. they may in fact start learning uh some additional things about what they want and don't want from that candidate absolutely right because uh, because and vice of, versa, the candidate yeah. might learn that as they're talking through it, it may not be the right fit. For that's them. absolutely right, yeah. and I think that's gold. There's um, nothing worse than taking somebody down the path to an offer when all they're doing is just shopping your offer. Right. You know? We're not here to we're here to get people into the right roles, not to not to build ego. Right. Right. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's about careers. Exactly. So if we miss that mark, we've not done our job. Yet. I mean, it's. From a candidate perspective, the nice is I got seven offers, so you know it does your ego good, but that, exactly it doesn't help their career at all. Right, and a lot of times those those are the people who end up going with the most money anyway. <coughs> so then it puts you in that situation as well. Right, we've effectively wrapped up. We've got this person. We we've gone through the whole questioning. How do we end it? Oh wow! So I um, huh, am I going to get this question wrong? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so, I know there's no wrong answer. Yeah. Right? So I um, I always wrap up with reviewing where we've been. I always make sure that um, everybody's asked all the questions they want. I make sure when I'm facilitating with the with the client, my client, yeah. and with the candidates, I make sure that everybody's satisfied. They've asked all their questions, and uh, if there's been a facility tour involved then i make you know we've done that sure um and um and then i uh promise that um i'm going to provide feedback to the candidate so and, you set a timeline yeah yeah exactly that's sorry important. was that the right answer you got it ding, 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 ding. <laughs> i think the only other thing that i do because i i do the same thing the only other thing that i do uh besides setting the timeline is like try to connect the dots at the end uh. before that person leaves i want to make sure that i connect the dots of what their desires are and what the company has and, and um, how how I can get them either more engaged in it if it's the right thing or disengaged if it's not. Ah, uh, yeah. a conclusion right there on the spot. Not, not necessarily a conclusion, but just make sure that they leave it feeling, okay, well, here's where they check off all the boxes for me uh, and yeah. here's how I check off all the boxes for them hmm. and vice versa. Got it. <clears throat> now, one big last thing, ghosting. Get feedback back to people. Oh, absolutely. You have to close the loop. Yeah. There's so many articles going around right now, especially in, a, in our job market. Companies just going silent. Silent, yeah. yeah. Ghosting. Terrible. Yeah. Yeah. It's a terrible, terrible thing to do. So Too then. Inhumane. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> absolutely. So very true. 
So I'm getting the, we got to wind up here, but um, one last thing you were talking about uh, reference checking. Oh yeah, absolutely. So yeah. let's summarize that because that's very important and that's just something that a lot of companies don't do. Yeah. So a couple things about that. One, uh, every candidate along the way, I think we learn uh, from them. Uh, we pick up some yellow flags. Yep. And uh, so we should be mindful of those. And I like to say that uh, with those yellow flags, when we're doing the reference checking, I like to, as a bit of tradecraft, turn those yellow flags into an assumptive uh, position with that reference. So, for example, if we think that candidate has a um, problem maybe with conflict resolution. Mm -hmm. So we might, with the um, reference, say, hey, I've noticed that Bob, our candidate, I noticed Bob has a difficulty with uh, conflict resolution. We don't ask the reference, does Bob have a problem with conflict resolution? We say, we assume that Bob does have a problem with conflict resolution. And we leave it to the reference to either correct us, oh, no, 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 Bob doesn't have any problem with conflict resolution, Got it. or... We then let the reference say, yeah, as a matter of fact, Bob does have a problem with that, and here's how we handled it. Got so it. that's a little bit of a tradecraft approach. The other question that I love to ask every reference is, I say, hey, uh, what gift would you give Bob to help his career? There and you go. So I, I just do that, I like that as a habit. And and just an add-on to that, I know i got to wrap up here, but... You can also use those references and referrals, guys. Absolutely. All right. <laughs> We're out of time, a little bit over uh, for today's show. Scott, thanks so much for your time investment today. Thanks for having and, me. And uh, welcome to the Higher Power Radio community. Great to be here. Now, if uh, anybody's interested in uh, working with you, I'm sure that there's going to be people out there. How do they reach you? Uh, well, you can call me uh, directly at, uh, well, our What's website. That? So you... Whatever works for you. Okay, the website is amtec.us.com and my phone number is 714-986-5500. Awesome. Okay. Now, I want to thank our listening audience for tuning in to this week's episode of Higher Power. A quick uh, thanks to our team, our engineer, Paul Roberts, our producers, Andrea Ballin, Shanti Ryle, and Kim Iverson. So listen to this show and any past episodes, you can check us out at Higher, that's H-I-R-E, powerradio.com or higher power radio on itunes follow us on linkedin and facebook at higher power radio show or you can follow me on instagram at rick gerard one we have another great show lined up for you guys next week our guest is going to be deborah cantor the president of cantor sales associates i'm your host rick gerard and you have been listening to the higher power radio show thank you for listening to higher power with rick gerard on oc talk radio 